0: Oh, and welcome back to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I'm Sarah. I'm Melinda. And this is your favorite travel podcast. Yes, we've decided this on your behalf. Multiple times. Yeah, like every week. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're just gonna keep reinforcing that so it sinks in. I, yeah, I think that's fair. We're just gonna tell you over and over. This is your only favorite. That's it. The end. Love us, please. Some may say that's kind of like brainwashing. But those people would be wrong. You know why? Because we say so. I feel like it's just um suggestions. Strong suggestions? I don't know. It's probably a little bit more than just a suggestion at this point. Strong insistence. We are just helpfully taking some decisions off your plate. In this busy world where there's so many choices you have to make at any given moment, we're taking one of them off your plate. Gone. It's out You're of welcome. your hands. Done. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's easy. Just yeah. embrace us. Love us. We're your favorite. <laughs> the end. Feed our ego, please. We're sad, sad millennials. We need that constant reinforcement of praise. I don't want to be a millennial. Tough shit, we are. But I don't want to. Well, unless you can change your date of birth, we're kind of stuck. I mean, I can, but doesn't mean it's real. <laughs> unless you have a time machine you cannot change your date of birth not like a physical birth but I can change the date on things if I wanted to that doesn't change the date you were born (laughs) no but I'll just I'm just gonna tell everybody I was born in like 1978 do you really want to be gen x because that's what my sister is and it was not a cakewalk either honestly none of them are and I feel like they're just getting worse as we go on yep pretty much. good luck future kids yeah do you want to be in with my niece and nephew and be gen z because because that's no cakewalk either. It is just all awful. Gen Z is merely a suggestion until they do something stupid to define themselves. Oh, they have. Generation Tide Pods. It's vaping. Ooh, Generation Vape. (laughs) That's worse. It is. That's way worse. Tide Pod Vape. Oh, wait till they start vaping Tide Pods. Oh, shit. You know, I wonder if there is vape liquid of Tide Pods flavor. Probably. It's like the omnibus of Gen Z memes. Okay, now I feel slightly better about being a millennial because we didn't eat Pods. <laughs> no, see, the thing is, is we did it to make fun of them, which is somehow worse. And by we, There's I no mean when in this is this our generation, not us. We right? Did not I actually. Yes. Eat Tide Pods. I did not eat Tide Pods because I like using that for my laundry and not as meal. Yeah, I hear it's not a great supplement. There's no nutritional value whatsoever. (laughs) But hey, your insides will be sparkly clean and then you die. But hey your bright lungs gonna be brighter. It makes your autopsy that much easier for the coroner. It's almost doing a service. I guess that's the silver lining. I don't know. That's kind of odd. Moving on, now that we feel slightly better and depressed about our generation, (laughs) uh, we have in-flight cocktails for the week. (sighs) I'm so excited for yours. So- I went to the grocery store today and I decided that you've had a string of really disgusting drinks. Not all of them. Just a lot Just of like them. half of them have been bad. Well, and I decided I was going to take a chance and I would go out on a limb this week and get the thing that was potentially super disgusting. Well, no that surprise is... here. It's super disgusting. I got Jack Daniels. Jack. Jack. Whoa. I swear I've only had like two sips of this. Jack Daniels lynchburg lemonade original recipe 10 percent alcohol by volume and it is awful is that like a super poor man's whiskey sour possibly if whiskey sours taste like battery acid i'm sure if you had a better whiskey it would be better well i don't i have this and it was a poor poor life choice are you gonna have to move it away so you stop trying to drink it like i have to do Yep. And I took a sip, hated it. So I grabbed my water bottle, which was completely full 17 ounces. It's empty. Nothing left. That's how much it took to wash that taste out of my mouth. You had to wash away the sorrow. Mm hmm. Had to wash that drink right out of my mouth. Yuck. Yeah. So what you got? I just have Dr. Pepper. Because I want the caffeine. Boring. Sweet, delicious Dr. Pepper caffeine. Mm, Burp, burp. No, Dr. Pepper's delightful. Oh, well that's rude. (laughs) I was looking at this pen that I'm playing with. It's pink, in case you were wondering. Pink pen. Any Okay, it is 11 o'clock. Do not give me that face. It's just my face. So, weekly update. Go. I got my DNA! Woo! How Asian are you? Oh, shoot. Uh, it was... Crap! Let me name a dish. I am fifty-two percent Asian and forty-six percent European. That checks out. You're missing two percent, though. Uh, it was um like inconclusive sort of thing. Alien. Oh shit! You were right. <laughs> that's why it took so long to get your results back but it's a smaller percentage than what you're trying to tell me i was but oh shit you were you were right two percent must be alien (laughs) because it was like unclass it's unclassified asian really but let's go with alien because i like that better but yes i am very asian so of that 52 percent is it all japanese well it's kind of interesting because it's saying it's east asian well that's japanese so there's a lot of there's a lot of japan and korea and like mongolia's in there so i'm a little bit of every not every asian but i'm every asian it's all in me (laughs) (laughs) kind of actually and then yeah i've got like some uk going on some german which is interesting because there's like poland and ukraine is kind of more central on their little, like, color blips, mm-hmm. but not that surprising. No Viking? Uh, not me. But if you do, like, the ancient, but if you do the ancient origins, they have a little, I think there was a little bit in Sweden or Norway for ancient, ancient origins, which is kind of cool. So when we get off the, the train in Norway, the first thing out of your mouth should be, you should just throw up your arms twirl in a circle and shout my people And they'd be like nope you're asian that's not how this works <laughs> like i've got the papers to prove it please give me a passport thank you but Goodbye. that's no, no no it's ancient it's not the more recent the more recent is like that's why it's two percent asian that's half the fun right there because it's like incredibly way off <laughs> uh-huh Jeez. Sometimes this is why we don't take advice from Sarah. I will give you a dollar for every person on our Nordic trip that you say, hey, we could be cousins. No. <laughs> because I would run your bank account dry saying that to everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Checking in. Hey, we might be cousins. Hey, you over there. We might be cousins. I should start doing that. I could do that in almost any European country. Well, I've got a bigger list of where I could do that. Just saying. But yeah, I got my DNA and I'm pretty excited. It seems fairly accurate. I would assume so. But I was just curious on what, like, the actual percentages of, like, white to Asian was going to come up. Well, it was, like you suspected, roughly 50-50. Will you tell your mom that I know that I'm Asian now? (laughs) I'm confident After all these years, I have confirmation. I'm confident that she's not listening. So yeah, we can tell her. <laughs> well, you'll have to tell her for me. Uh, for those of you listening who aren't aware, my mom was once under the impression that Melinda did not believe that she's at all Asian. Once? I feel like this is still going. Well, no, she was under this impression, and she still kind of occasionally brings it up, like, oh, isn't it so sad that Melinda um doesn't, oh, how would she phrase it, won't come to terms with her Asian-ness, like, no, I think she's pretty at terms with it. She resembles an Asian person. Very fifty-two percent. Fifty-two percent. He does. We now have proof. Yeah, I have paper documented numbers and two no, percent alien. No getting Ooh. away with your lies now. Or maybe I'm like two percent cryptid. Oh, I guess aliens come under cryptids, don't they? Possibly. What are you thinking? Bigfoot, yeti, elf, oh, troll, um, chupacabra. <laughs> I would have gone with kraken. <laughs> Ooh. Except I'm not a strong swimmer, so (laughs) I was gonna say like Loch Ness monster, but again, not a good swimmer. Did you? I've heard this before, but have you heard the explanation for what Nessie probably was, or what sea creature or sea monsters were in old paintings? No, but I heard the theory that the reason why no one's seen Nessie is because there's these underground caverns that they all live in and it just like decided to pop up in the loch ness and said hey one day and but they all live underground like under the earth. They're like center earthers. <laughs> so the theory is that in ancient paintings when you see like these big tendrils popping up out of the water, what they were painting was actually whale penises. Ooh. Because whales <laughs> oh have my. sex in threes, two men, one female. And so one is doing his thing and the other one is waiting. And he waits on his back with his penis up in the air, just kind of fluttering around. Oh, that's slightly terrifying. (laughs) And it's absolutely true. Like if you, well, not that I suggest you look at it. But if you come across this tweet, it always has pictures attached. And I've seen it go around a few times. And it's just like big pink tentacles. Well, singular, but up in the air, kind of flop into the side like Nessie's head. Oh, good lord. Not that they would have seen a whale in Loch Ness, because that would be silly. But in general, that is the shape. I'm gonna have nightmares. <laughs> Picture a snake's tongue, but extremely large. Yikes. I just. Ugh. Now, this podcast is also educational. Instead of a language corner this week, we have um, animal fun facts. I was gonna say penis corner, but yours works better. <laughs> Miss Opportunity. Yep. Aww. So my weekly update is that last week I mentioned that we were going on a team event to do archery, Uh, but we did not end up doing that. We ended up getting to the place where archery would take place, and it was at a very large lake in the south end of Dusseldorf. And we were sitting there in a tent waiting to get started, and it was... The hottest day of the year. It was easily over a hundred degrees. We were in a tent. It was awful. And the instructor goes, Why'd you guys pick this? We're like, uh, because we could <laughs> the instructor asked. Yeah. And we're like, Oh like, hey dumbasses. And he goes, You know, I offer canoeing too. And so we went around in the circle, everyone voted. I didn't really want to go canoeing, but everybody else said yes, so I just kind of went along with it. We ended up going canoeing, uh, which involved way too much racing. I totally blew out my elbow from paddling too hard. Paddle, paddle, paddle. Uh, Splashy, splashy, swimmy, swimmy. But um, we paddled by a section of the lake where the shore was for nudists, which was eye-opening. And then we got to- So you saw a lot of uh, penises flopping in the air? We did indeed. Gently wafting penises. (laughs) Ooh, I don't like the sound of that. (laughs) No. And we got to a little remote area where the instructor pulled out a bunch of big, like, car wash sponges and dunked them in the water, and we just started pegging each other with these soaked sponges because it was a million degrees out and it felt really nice. I feel like that's a better choice than archery and drinking. Yeah, drunk archery luckily did not happen. drunk boating's not smart either sometimes, so... Well, Just we, keep that in mind. We didn't drink first in that case which was for oh, the okay. best. And then we were all yes. so tired and overheated when we were done that the guy opened his personal beer fridge and was like, take whatever you want. And we all took giant bottles of water and left. We're like, Sounds accurate. This is too hot. I can't handle it. Yeah, Germany is not supposed to be that hot. Europe is not supposed to be that hot. No, and I don't think people understand. Like, there were things on Facebook about how hot it would be. And half the comments were from Australians saying, that's laughable. Where I live, it gets up to blood. Blah 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 blah. You pussies. I'm like, um, well, it's supposed to there. Yeah, you have houses designed for heat. We do not. You have cars with air conditioning. Some people do, but not everybody. We don't have offices with air conditioning. We spend all day in an uncooled office that is has huge glass windows, so it's just a giant greenhouse. We are basically Yay. sweat factories. And not to mention Gross. all of the pets who are home alone all day without cooling like people joke about it like oh well you guys can't handle it well like, no shit we can't and you're not meant to and people literally die every time we have a massive heat wave and not small amounts like thousands of people in Europe die when we have heat waves yikes yeah it's bad it's no good it's not funny so is that your news story no that was not my news wave. story <laughs> that was just me venting about idiots on the internet which I do so often you guys aren't supposed to be that hot so I feel bad I feel for you yeah I have a coworker who literally like I joked about renting out my cellar because we have like a caged cellar that we can all like store stuff in storage unit basement cold it's very cold and she goes oh are you really offering how much would you charge per night can you fit an air mattress in there I was like, oh, this is so sad. This is what we're reduced to. Aww. I was like... For things. Yeah, you can use it, but you can't come upstairs. (laughs) There's no bathroom facility or running water or anything. It's just concrete. There's a forest. Go find a bush. (laughs) So rude. That is my update which brings us to our travel news of the week which is Laid on me. a very bizarre story. So you know how everybody yes. jokes like who is the seatbelt instruction for? Like Every time you get on a flight they're like you put this end into this end and pull tight. If you need to get out you lift the lever. Like everybody in this day and age should theoretically should. know what that is. I feel like it's done because it's for legal reasons just in case someone said that they didn't know they can't get sued. Well, yeah, absolutely. But here's one that I didn't know people needed to have explained, and that is what is the difference between the bathroom door and the emergency exit door? Oh no! Oh, oh yes, there's a big difference. Oh yes, there is. So there was a flight a couple weeks ago from Manchester Airport to Islamisba- Islamabad, and oh boy, so the p- flight was delayed. People are waiting on the plane, and a woman decides to get up and use the bathroom. What she doesn't know is the door that says exit on it was not, in fact, the bathroom. It was the door over the wing. Oh, man. She opened it. At least they weren't flying. No, thank God they weren't flying. But she opened it, the door opened, the chute went out, and now the... Plane can't fly because it's missing a chute. Shoot. Those chutes cannot be packed back down and immediately shoved back into the door. All said and done, this flight ends up being delayed seven hours. Yikes. And 38- 38... How long is the flight originally? Uh, not a long flight. Okay. So it gets delayed and 38 passengers are asked to leave because now they're down a chute and you can't fly without sufficient float to support the entire- crew and passenger list so those 38 people get off the flight and are put on a later flight but they were very very clear with the airline we will do this under the condition that our baggage will be there when we get there because they can't unload baggage from the plane once it's on there it's on there well that is what they were told unfortunately their bags were left in manchester they didn't make it on anything Uh uh-uh Oh my gosh. So the 38 people arrive in Islamabad on a lighter flight, expecting that their bags should be waiting for them, because they were on the plane they were on, which left earlier than them. Nope, all their bags were lost. Was she made to wait, or did she get, like, a free pass on the first flight? Uh, it doesn't say. It's very uh, non-specific in regards to her. Just the fact that she was confused, it was an accident, and, uh, she thought it was a bathroom door. I don't, like, spatially, that wouldn't make sense... It shouldn't make sense to anyone. No, it shouldn't. But here we are. I wonder, like, she has to either speak zero English and be very mentally confused or something really weird happened there. I don't know. But the gist of the story is somebody tried to go to the bathroom on the wing. So, uh... Yikes. So next time when you think... people didn't get their luggage. Yeah. Well, and next time you think, oh, God, who is this safety instruction for? It's for her. Specifically this woman. Yes. Is that not the craziest thing? That's I mean, it's one thing to be delayed, but the fact that the people who gave up the first flight did not have luggage when Mm -hmm. they arrived. Oh Yeah, and well miserable experience. It was supposed to leave at 9.20 PM, but when the plane finally took off, it was five AM the next day. Oh no. Oh no. Which I realize now does not quite add up to what they said elsewhere in the article. But 9.20, Doesn't matter. It's a bigger distance than we thought. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Those poor people. Yeah. So next time you're on a flight from hell, just remember, it could be worse. Pay attention to those safety videos and where they're telling you your uh, exits are located versus your bathrooms. Yeah, it reminds me of the Twilight Zone episode, the Nightmare at 20... thousand feet or something like that. Is that the one with the gremlin on the plane? Was Uh it gremlins? Yeah, Yeah, it was like some sort of like yeti out on the wing. Please no yetis on the wings of the flight. No, or worse, the recent remake episode, which is the nightmare at 30,000 feet, where Adam Scott sits down in his seat on his flight. And in the back of the seat, there's an mp3 player. And the title scrolling across it is the like the horror of flight 1010 or 1020 or whatever. And that's the flight he's on. So he's listening to this podcast about his flight going down while he's on the flight. Ooh. Yeah, it is terrifying. I had to turn it off a couple times. I was like, oh, this is too much. Can't handle it too much. Interesting. I might have to uh, get into the new Twilight Zone. Not Twilight. Twilight Zone. Yes, that. No sparkly vampires. No, please don't get into Twilight. No, not interested. So yeah, watch that episode if you can handle it. It's a lot, though. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. So this week's episode, we thought we would talk about souvenirs and what we collect, what's a little bit more practical to collect. Yeah, it's a topic that I see come up a lot, and everybody seems to have their thing that they're super into, and I personally don't have that one thing that I collect I go through phases where I think, oh, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to have a lot of this. And then I quickly realize why it's not practical to get, you know, 40 of the exact same object from different locations. I have impractical souvenirs um, well, they might be slightly practical, but I also have started getting more practical ones. Yeah, and just I, because moving with them was kind of got awful and terrifying. Yeah, I think I think it's an almost inevitable transition for a lot of people. You start off with one idea, and then the more and more you travel, you. Th- sort of shipped away into smaller and more practical things at least that was my experience yeah no maybe that sounds about right uh shall we start at the top yes so practical ideas of things you can collect things like reusable shopping bags seasonings for food treats or candies journals or journaling along your way music clothing but not necessarily like touristy shirts like my mom and dad went to the Grand Canyon and all I got was a stupid shirt, uh, jewelry, or beauty products. So, what is your take? Which of those jump out at you? Uh, I've definitely done seasonings. When we were in Iceland, I got volcanic salt. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool because it's black salt and it's you need salt for seasoning for food. It just makes everything better. Um, So that's been fun, playing around with that and recipes. It's like, I'm gonna get fancy and use my <laughs> fancy Icelandic salt. Uh, treats and candies... I'm a big fan of that. I love trying different candies from everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. And... I've done some beauty products myself. Maybe not as big. I have ones for the future that I'm planning. And then jewelry is really cool too. Yeah. Because you can find a lot of small local jewelry shops and find like the coolest thing. And you know, you're going to get a lot of use out of it. Yeah. That's kind of my feeling too, is I don't wear a lot of jewelry, but I do have a couple things that I've bought on vacations. And when you wear it for a special occasion, you're always reminded, oh, remember, you know, the situation that led up to getting this. I was at this street and I saw this and that and that's always fun um I also like getting clothing or like practical things like bags I get reusable shopping bags most places I go and then give them to my mom for two reasons both because like they have local designs and text in their language on them which is kind of cool and it makes your bags unique uh but also because my mom when they first switched over to not giving out plastic bags in stores constantly complained that she never ever had bags on her and now that I've given her like six of them, eighty, she doesn't have any excuse to say I don't have any. Like, well, let me tell you, you've got one in your glove compartment, you've got one in the console. I know you've got one in your purse. <laughs> You're like, I've scrolled them around to everywhere in the car. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I got recently, um, I found this on Instagram completely by coincidence. Oh, uh, probably less by coincidence and more by Instagram's algorithm. It's like, you like travel, here's a travel thing, buy it. Um, it is called The Adventure Book. And it's, uh, if you're familiar with Wreck This Journal, which was popular a while back, where it's just a journal that has suggestions on every page of what to do, but these are all travel related. So it has a page for every country and you're supposed to decorate it with whatever you want. If you've been there, you decorate that page and you can see visually, oh, I've been here. I haven't been there has all kinds of stuff and each country's page has a little suggestion in it like on Italy it says eat lots of gelato no really do it or things Don't like have that. to tell me twice. Yeah, exactly. And like there's little there's a page with a spot for every country's flag and you're supposed to color them in as you visit those countries and yeah it's just really fun. I got mine a couple weeks ago and started filling it in. I did some of the activities and I haven't filled in all the countries' pages yet because obviously I haven't been to every country. But of the countries I've been to, I haven't filled them in either yet. <laughs> but I'm getting uh, to it. I've seen a picture of those little tiny flags and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's just super cute and really well done. Um, I highly recommend it. I'm enjoying it a lot. And I think while well, generally speaking, I don't bring books with me on vacation for the ease of putting stuff in it as I go along, I might actually break my own rule and bring it on my next vacation because I like it. I mean, anything that you're going to get more than like a, hey, I bought this and I brought it home without it breaking the end. It's yeah. it's a better investment. I agree. I think there needs to be some sort of application for what you're buying, not just it's going to be put in a cabinet and never looked at again. Oops. Well, I have pulled that oops <laughs> many times myself. But you know what? I'm I'm good at where I'm at and I'm good at with venturing not getting I have a shot glass collection that's out of control. That's what my problem is is because I would get them everywhere I went. I freaking love them. I don't regret buying them. It's just Moving with them was kind of awful, mm-hmm. and always the fear of how am I going to get this back without it being crushed and broken in my suitcase is a little is a little terrifying. But getting seasonings and whatnot, or like things that I know I'm going to use again later, that's been a lot more fun. Yeah, well, and I'm right there with you. When I first started traveling, I bought Starbucks mugs everywhere I went, which sucks because those are freaking huge. Yeah, it is super inconvenient. I think when I stopped, I was up to. 10 or 12 and I just can't do it anymore they're not I don't drink enough out of the mugs I have to justify having 10 or 12 like yeah I drink out of a mug I put it in the wash it's clean the next day I use it again that's 11 mugs I'm not using that's totally fair I'm not using all of those shot glasses because one I have is a quad shot (laughs) well then that covers you right there that's like your whole night of raging out not if you do it right It's a lot. It's freaking (laughs) huge. It's a lot. Uh, Something that's practical, sort of practical, but more on the decorative note, uh, we have, uh, we listed uh, tattoos, photography, local art or handicrafts, Christmas ornaments, patches, or saving maps and ticket stubs or pamphlets uh, for framing, but not in your passport. Do not alter your passport. That seems really obvious. And I bet you're sitting there listening and thinking... Duh! You don't put shit in your passport. But apparently, it is not obvious because there was a woman this week on Facebook who said that she was really upset because the TSA barked at her over her passport because she had stapled all of her flight boarding passes into her passport for mementos. Like, no, no, you don't staple anything. I have enough space for that. I have no idea. She said she travels a lot, but something tells me that someone who travels a lot would have been caught sooner. Yeah. I agree. Word to the wise, never ever staple anything or draw anything or put holes. Like, do not do anything to your passport. Keep it in as pristine condition as you possibly can. Because legally, your passport does not belong to you. It belongs to your government. And they reserve the right. That's kind of nuts to think about. But that's universally true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they reserve the right to take it away from you. So, uh, don't damage it. Do not tempt fate. Yeah, that's definitely not time to poke the bear either is when you're trying to get home or to your destination that you already planned out so yeah and this woman was absolutely enraged because all of the comments were yeah um don't do that and she goes what do you mean i can do whatever no you can't leave it alone if you want to save those get like an envelope that you can store it in to try and keep them flat until you get home to be able to frame them or put them in like a shadow box or something or put them in a notebook so then you can make little comments about you know what your favorite parts about going to this place and whatnot just please not in your passport yeah please please." the journal I was talking about is a perfect example of a good place to put that stuff so it's organized it's decorative you can flip through it whenever you want but it in no way invalidates your passport yes uh, some of the other ones, some of the cool things, maybe a little bit harder sometimes to figure out how to safely transport back home and carry on, but local art, a lot of the places where you go, you will see artists that have like watercolors or, you know, all sorts of different things that are easy to take back. And it's something you can hang up and appreciate and remind you of your great time in wherever. Yeah, actually, I'm going to talk about this a lot because I'm super jazzed about this journal, but there's a page in it that the instruction is, have a local artist uh, draw a portrait of you and have them do it on this page. So we might have to do that on our trip. Oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I mean... Damn, this journal is smart! Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that makes you go, oh, that's pretty clever. I want that. Yeah, when we were in Italy, my friend Ashley picked up a really beautiful watercolor of like the Tuscan countryside mm-hmm. from a local artist, and it's... Just beautiful. This is not something you can buy online either. It's right here in the moment. Keep it as flat as possible in your suitcase and bring it home. It's just, and then it's in her house and it's just one of those like, aww. Yeah, and you can never go wrong with supporting local artisans. You can't, like you're giving, you get something away from it, but you're supporting the community that you've come to appreciate as well. Yeah, Christmas ornaments. How do you get those back? I feel like that would be a lot harder to get back without breaking, potentially. Depends on what it is. Like, not everything is glass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Patches. I think that's a smart one. Yeah, patches are Until so- Until that gets out of control. Yeah. Well, there is a website, I think it's called Small Flags. Just Google small flags and patches and it'll come up, I'm sure, where they make itty bitty- versions of all of the little flag patches so you don't have to get the standard like deck of cards size one they make them as small as like your thumbnail so if you want something cute and little and you're afraid that your collection is going to grow very large very quickly if you're doing around the world trip and you're hitting up 80 countries maybe the itty bitty patches are for you because you don't need something huge necessarily unless you want it. And you can find all sorts of, like, neat patches wherever. I mean, maybe you can't find it while you're there, but it's something you can find later on, too. Yeah, I kind of. I have a thing about souvenirs that aren't really necessarily from the location, but things I can pick up at home, because it can be really challenging to fit stuff into a bag. But like patches, you can order online from wherever. Guidebooks, you can get wherever. That kind of stuff. Or it's one of those like everything you see while you're adventuring, it doesn't quite grab you. Mm-hmm. So don't limit yourself to getting it while you're at that location. You can do this later on too, just for convenience. Yep. tattoos you don't have to get tattooed where you're at but you can get a tattoo of something that reminds you of the place that you visited yeah if you do get a tattoo while you're traveling make sure you do some research don't be sunburnt don't be sunburnt make sure the artist is someone that has good reviews all of that information can be found online because um, sometimes spur of the moment you think oh I need to get this done and uh, but look at instagram first make sure this person has actual art that you like Make sure they're reputable and that their location where they're doing the tattoos is reputable so you don't end up with um, a fun new infection, potentially. Yay! Who doesn't love a good infection? I mean, me, but okay. Can you clean it with Tide Pods? No. <laughs> I'm just trying to see. Like, Tide Pods have so many uses. Clean organs for your autopsy? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so decorative things. Um, it doesn't have to be while you're there. It could be something later. But, I mean, if you are in a market and there are people selling art or handicrafts that they've made themselves, that's a doer do-it-now sort of thing. It mm-hmm. helps support the local economy. You'll be happy if you do. Every country has their own, like, thing that they're famous for. Like, Germany, it's cuckoo clocks. And Sweden, it's the carved wooden horses. And The cuckoo clocks, though, even if you're not going to go buy one, go check out one of the shops because those things are amazing. I grew up in houses I like with them. cuckoo clocks so my parents have a cuckoo Uh, clock on both floors my grandpa had a cuckoo clock that he ended up changing for a different cuckoo clock i might be like up to my ears in cuckoo clocks but they're they're oh man they're really cool my grandmother had one and then i think she's it's still somewhere i don't know but they're really cool check them out they're impressive of hand carved greatness my childhood was not impressed no my childhood was haunted by the sound of cuckoo clocks going off (laughs) and we even had one that uh when it hit the hour it would sing edelweiss but edelweiss is not a german song to my knowledge it's a sound of music song so is it fake swiss Uh, yeah it's well it's fake austrian austrian okay but it's fake i'm as far as i'm aware I've never heard it here. It's kind of like, have you ever... Like, I've never seen a German drinking Jaeger. I have. That's a thing. Rose, what's wrong with you? Well, yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm Googling um. it'll buy song. It was written for the sound of music. Hmm. I'm not well, crazy. They did a good job. No, you are crazy, but that's not the point right now. So those are <laughs> the decorative things you can get. There's more than we're listing here, obviously. But I think when I personally, when I assess whether or not I want to buy a souvenir, because a lot of times I look at things and go, oh, I want that. And then I have to step back and go, okay, is it practical or Does it? Are they really going to let me take this katana back home? Darn it! It's not going to fit in my carry-on. Or is it something that I can put up on a wall and see day to day and have joy from in some way? It's got to do one of those two things for me now. Did you just like Marie Kondo this conversation? I Marie Kondo everything. I was Marie Kondo before Marie Kondo. You just couldn't tell because my apartment was buried under a thin layer of crap. (laughs) Okay, crazy things. <laughs> no, no, no. My apartment's always messy, but it's messy with stuff that I like. I chuck out that stuff brings that brings you joy. Exactly. I chuck out the stuff that doesn't bring me joy very quickly. If you asked me, if you said, hey, you have to move out of your apartment tomorrow and you can only bring two bags worth of stuff, I know exactly off the top of my head what I would bring because I one know one bag of birdie, one bag of moose. Done. That's the important things yeah, that's all that matters. They're both completely conked out right now. Aww. But if we're going to go to the least practical things and probably the most touristy things that you can buy that we are all completely guilty of. Yeah. Everyone at some point all of has us. bought this stuff and then probably put it away never to be seen again. Possibly. Leftover coins. I find this more of an annoyance than anything. Like, I don't try and save them. Uh, one of our favorite games to do at the airport on our way back home is to Spend as much money we can in vending machines on candy. (laughs) And then anything you have left over that you can't spend goes into one of those donation bins. Although I always find it suspicious because those little, like, those big funnel things where you drop the coins in and they spin into the bottom, it always says, donate to charity. It's like, okay, what charity? (laughs) I want the clear box where you can see that the money is actually going into something and not, like, being funneled into, like, the employee fund. (laughs) That's not how that works. There's not a person sitting below it with their po- with their purse open. No, no, no. They just have a giant burlap sack with a dollar sign painted on the front. And then at the end of the day, they just take that money and then they go buy dinner for all the employees. As someone who works in finance, I don't hate that idea. <laughs> I mean, it's actually kind of not a bad idea. And I'm pretty sure that's not actually where that goes to, but I like the ones that are more clearly stated of what they're going to do with this money that's being donated because it makes me feel better having like a clear, hey, this is where it's going. And it's not just decoration, basically. I mean, it could be. Um, I have a frame that my dad made for me. It's a shadow box frame and he dremeled out a coin slot at the top. It has a little decal on the front that says adventure fund that my sister made for me and um i'm clearly the weak link in this design process like dad cut a hole sister put a decal but when i have leftover change dump shit in exactly it's my money um when i have leftover change it goes in there so i can use it for the future if necessary but it's kind of decorative it's kind of kitschy but it's practical in that There is a place where the money goes to be stored in case I need it again. Because nobody converts coins back, so either you donate it and then whatever you happen to find rattling around at the bottom of a bag later goes into the shadow box. Like that one coin from Korea that you kept trying to spend in Japan? You know what? It is not my fault that they don't accept the right currency. (laughs) That's not how that works. (laughs) Really? It's like when people on Facebook were like, I'm going to London. Will they accept my US dollars? No. Stop asking. I'm going to London. Will they accept my lira? (laughs) So there are ways to store these things so they're cute and decorative, but don't stock up on coins because... Countries change currency. You never know when you're going to go back. So stockpiling a whole bunch of coins is probably not the best idea. Also, something that you probably don't want to stockpile a whole bunch of because you got to have a solid plan on what you're going to do with it is going to be postcards and stamps. I know there's no collectibles, but once you have like 50 postcards, you best be putting that in like a frame to make a poster yeah. instead of just like having them in a shoebox somewhere or stamps. Postcards are something that you can use as decoration. Like if you're not a good photographer, there is no shame in buying a really pretty postcard, taking it home and framing it and being like, yeah, I took that picture. Nobody's going to take it out and look at the back. So fun fact. I did buy a postcard of the Trevi Fountain and uh, I think we had it posted from the Vatican City just because we thought it'd be kind of cool. And I sent it back home and I took a picture of that and I don't know why because it looked good. And then it's like, oh, that looks way better than my like real life photo of the Trevi <laughs> Fountain. <laughs> just because the lighting's so perfect and there's no people in it. There's no shame in that. When we were in Glasgow, I think, we couldn't get a picture of a panda's face because it kept turning away. So I took a picture of a poster of the panda and i might have posted that to facebook and claimed it as my own i might sometimes get confused and like why this picture sucks and this one's so much better and then i go oh it's a postcard so if you have a plan for that postcard go for it but don't or stamp yeah don't stockpile them unless you are a serious collector of stamps if that's your thing then yeah go ahead post stamp Stamps don't take up any space. But, but see, then you also have a plan because you probably also have, like, a scrapbook or, like, a photo book that they're going into. Yeah. I mean, something like this, just make sure that you have a plan on what to do with them and they're not just hanging out wherever. I mean, I do have some postcards that I've bought and eventually I would like to have them in frames, but I it's not something I'm hardcore doing just because I don't have a solid plan. Yeah, well, and this list kind of goes from practical to least practical, um... Like the thing about stamps and postcards and all of that is that they're not going to take up a massive amount of space. So if you go overboard, it's not going to like fill an entire room in your house. Yes. But like you won't have like a giant like shot glass or Starbucks mug room and that's all that's in there. So I would just say proceed with caution if you don't have a plan because it's very easy to go into a rack of postcards at a gift shop in every city you go to and buy 10 postcards and next thing you know you're buried under a mountain and you're on an episode of hoarders. Yep. I'm slightly offended that this next one's on the list because I'm kind of a fan of it. It's squished pennies. I love them so much and I have quite a few, but in all, I do have like a display book for them. It's just that euros and places that don't have something equivalent to a penny. Oh wait, do I have a squish euro? I might. But some of the different countries that you go to, they don't have something. So like you pay the money and it's a Squish token that you make. So they don't fit in like the little display book. But I've seen some cute ideas of what to do and how to display all the different ones that you have. So... Mine will have a future plan. My problem is, is that when I was 13, we went to Disneyland and I was really, really into squish pennies. And after a four day trip, I walked away with over 50 squish pennies. Whoa. And then it became a thing where when my parents were traveling, they would get me every squish penny they could see. And I have six of those booklets of squish pennies and it's too much. And what am I going to do with them? They're in these booklets. I never open them. I ended up giving them to my niece and nephew, and they never look at them. I mean, I assume. It's not a conversation starter, so it doesn't come up all that often. But every once in a while, Maybe I'll you see should one... bring it up just to guilt them. Oh, I'd love to see my pennies again. If only you have them, right? Can you show me my pennies right now? Are they all still in the exact places I put them? I feel like that's like, let me show you my slideshow from my vacation. <laughs> so it, it became impractical very quickly because those booklets aren't like when you stack them up they stack up pretty high so i think if you're doing like one in this country and one in another country it's not going to get that bad but if you're doing like every single one in a park like that that's a bit much yeah just pick one design be good with it if I see one now that I like, like I'll get one for my niece and nephew just as a subtle reminder that, hey, you still have my squish pennies, right? Not that I ever want them back. This is I a just family like thing that you must go. love. I like watching their face go, oh god, she remembered. As if someday they hope to subtly slip them in the trash and never see them again. I like them. I think it's fun. But I, I'm not going ape shit on them. Yeah, If it- there's something- if they have them and it's not a design that I want, then I'm not going to do it. But if it has a design that I would like, I'm going to. Well, I, I think have a the hazard plan. the hazard is is that once you have a thing, everybody knows that's your thing, and next thing you know, they're bringing them back for you. Everyone you know has to give okay, you one. Time out. Side trip story here. My dad was a Harley Davidson person, and so he had Harley Davidson shirts. So people would go on travels, and they would bring him back harley davidson shirts Mm -hmm. which is pretty impressive because they're not cheap shirts they're very expensive for the brand and he had so many that my half sisters my sister and i all were able to have large blankets made out of them (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of shirts Like, yeah, I think, like, they're, like, twin size or, like, full size blankets. So, like, it's front and back because both part has, you know, design. They have the city and everything. But that's how many Harley shirts he had. Like, boxes on boxes. So... Yeah, once you have a thing. Just remember that because... Which, I mean, it ended up being really cool for the four of us. But, like, that's a lot of shirts. Yes, it is. But now I have a sweet blanket out of it that's pretty warm. I bet it's super cozy. It is, actually. Oh. Yeah, But uh, yeah, I mean, grateful for all the friends of his that brought him back t-shirts from wherever, but they're not cheap. And then you have a bunch of shirts that you can't possibly wear. No, and the design differences are not that extreme. Sometimes. Well... I guess it's not quite as bad as like Hard Rock Cafe shirts, where it's literally the same thing in every single city. It's literally the same thing. Yeah. Harley has better designs, but it's just once they know that's your thing, that's what they're going to bring you back. And that's not the worst one, but it was a lot of shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just a lot. (laughs) That actually segues really nicely into the next thing on the list, which is magnets, because I had the exact opposite problem. I was the person going on a trip and a coworker found out that I was going to New Zealand. Mind you, I had Never spoken to this woman before. She had heard from like a mutual person in the company that I was going to New Zealand. And she cornered me one day and said, Hey, I hear you're going on vacation. I need you to bring me back a magnet. I do not know what? you. <laughs> I have no idea who you are. What? You're Cheryl, right? No. Is that not right? Well, so not being a magnet collector myself, I had zero idea what one looks for in a magnet. So I brought her back one that was shaped like New Zealand. And I can tell she knew literally nothing about New Zealand because I handed her the magnet the right side up. Geographically, the correct alignment for the typical map. And she flipped it upside down and goes, this is great. What? A- <laughs> oh, boy. I was like, oh, are you kidding me right now? You have, you don't care in the slightest. You just want a magnet. Like you want something more to put on your fridge. You don't care what it is. I could have brought her that- back a like a map of Italy and she'd be like, yep, this is it. And flipped it around the right way. This is New Zealand, the boot. Upside down. <laughs> I mean, New Zealand basically yeah. is the mate to Italy, if you think about it. But yeah, she actually, maybe. She flipped it around like it was Italy and was like, no, that, no! Ugh, why did I bother? Yeah, magnets are all fine and dandy, but if they're not in use to hold something onto your fridge, what's the point? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's my own personal sense of, like, not necessarily style, because I'm not a stylish person in the slightest, but she's not oh thank you um, but when i see a mag a fridge completely covered in magnets i don't like it I lo- my immediate thought is kindergartners live here yeah i i don't know there's something like something about having tons and tons of magnets on your fridge makes me think oh this person has a minivan <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you don't need a million magnets. You need a few. Unless there's something that's the coolest thing ever that you can't live without, maybe grab the magnet, but I don't know. Unless you have a really cool magnet collection, send us a picture. Yeah. Tell me about it. I'm not wholly opposed to the idea. I just, I've never seen it executed in a way that I found aesthetically pleasing. Agreed. I'm sure there's someone out there that's done it. It's just, it's not my thing. Here's what I think. I think when fridges were like beige and like avocado colors, like putting magnets on it to make it look pretty and decorative and something other than beige was fine. But now that- I can see that. Now that fridges are like stainless steel and shiny and pretty and like aesthetically pleasing in and of themselves, I don't see putting stuff on them anymore. So maybe if you put your magnets not on your fridge, you have some other means of displaying them. Maybe that would appeal to me somewhat more. But refrigerators are like oddly pretty these days. They're like design yeah. objects, not functional things. Well, they are also functional things, but they're they very functional things. But they do both. Yeah, they've changed. They've come ways. Um, another thing that's a little bit harder, but so easy to come by by the thousands are thimbles or spoons or charms. I found charms strangely difficult to find in Germany. Oh, we know that because we hunted for my sister. For a long time. Yeah. Some, it's just not a thing for some places versus others, and they're so small. What if you lose them? I know, like, having a charm bracelet, it looks cool, but they're not ever anything I think to wear of because I don't want to lose them. The charm bracelet I have are charms that my grandmother collected, so I definitely don't want to lose those, but uh, one of my grandmas collected spoons, so we always got our spoons of places we went, and Thimbles. I never quite understood that one. I don't really either. I think it's a movement that had a time and place and it made sense in its context. I don't understand the context enough to know why people collected spoons or thimbles. I mean, some of the spoons are cool, but finding a display case for them is not easy. Kind of like finding a display case for shot glasses. It's not that easy. We've been looking for one- two for all my shot glasses. But the problem is is that I don't have regular shots. Some are doubles, some are shaped weird, some are quad shots. So unfortunately, they're still in a box. How many of them have boobs on them? None. That means I still have to get you the bikini shot glass. Please no. (laughs) No. So I guess one of the limitations you have to think about when you're choosing what your thing is going to be, if you have a thing, is storage. And whether or not these things are actually available everywhere. Because if you go everywhere expecting to get something like a thimble, you might be disappointed. Not everyone has these things readily available. Yeah, that's like the charms. We went into so many different places looking for a charm in Germany for my sister and... I don't remember what she ended up getting to like kind of force into being one, but it was not an easy task. No, I think we ended up getting like a necklace and pulling the pendant off of it or like a keychain or something. Something. I can't remember exactly what she did to make that work, but it's just, it's not that easy. And sometimes you're going to drive people nuts trying to hunt for the one thing. You got to be a little flexible too. Yeah. Not everybody's into it. If you can't find your thing, you just got to move on and maybe do some Googling when you get home. Agreed. Kind of like keychains. Who needs that many keychains? I feel like keychains were very, very big in the 90s to have like 50 million on your backpack. Absolutely. I had a keychain collection like the size of a basketball. And it's like one of those, why? Yeah, I've had a lot of why very do we do questionable this? collections that I look at later and go, I spent money on these things and I eventually grew out of it and dumped it. Like I'm sh- I think even if I sent all of those keychains to Goodwill, they're not going to be able to sell them. Nobody needs that many keychains. No, and you really don't want that many keychains on your car keys because that creates a lot of excess weight, which is bad. Yeah, no, you don't. So, and that it brings me back to practicality. Like, if you go on a trip and you spot one keychain you like, sure, fine. 50 keychains in, you're going to be regretting it. Yeah. Well, you're going to regret it. you won't be it. able to find your keys. So, so maybe skip the keychains because, I mean, a few are fine, but you don't need that many on your keys. And there's not a lot of places as you grow up when you don't have to have a backpack that you can put them Well. I think, though, God, how does he describe it? On Judge John Hodgman, he said the difference between having a collection and having a hoarding problem is display. Oh, yeah. I agree with that statement. If you can display it and it looks nice and it's aesthetically pleasing and you can find everything, cool. If you can manage that with any of these things that we find impractical, go for it. If you can't, that means... Might be time to reassess. It's time to start pumping the brakes. Yeah. Well, which brings us to the last two items on the list, which both she and I have already talked about, but Melinda collecting her shot glasses and me with my Starbucks mugs. I think I came to the conclusion it was impractical faster because mine are gigantic. gigantor. Yes. And it's- But I'm ready for a house party at any moment with the amount of shot glasses <laughs> I have. <laughs> quad shots quad shots like a major shots. rager do you think exactly do you think we can get you a ska- uh, a shot ski while we're in Norway it is the land of ski how do you get that home very carefully oh uh, that sounds terrible too a friend of mine hell that's a loose term uh my first roommate in LA you know who I'm talking about got it got it you made the connection oh yes without naming names oh yes uh we were at an event with her dad and mr belding from saved by the bell and it was (laughs) (laughs) it was hosted by jaeger and they gave him a shot ski with i don't know how many shot glasses on it but her dad was driving a mini cooper that night And we couldn't quite get it in, so we had to do it diagonally, and this roommate and I had to, like, tilt our heads around it, because shot skis are very large. They're also very complicated to take a shot from. Yes, they are. It's a lot of coordination. Yes, it is. And you have to be ready for that shot. And how many people can say that they've done shots on a shot ski with Mr. Belding? I'm gonna say a whole bunch at that party, but okay. It was a very- (laughs) You're still special. It was a very small party. It was for the release of his karaoke DVD. Did you get a free copy? I did indeed do you still have it no i think it got jettisoned in one of the moves oh i was gonna say we need to watch this but i have a photo of myself with mr belding hells yeah that's awesome and i will tell you something more about that party off mic yes i love it because it involved a little Um, yes Uh, (laughs) drama but yeah shot glasses and starbucks mugs as cool as they are and as fun it is to collect I've pumped the brakes on that collection. I don't have to find them, but if I find something really cool, then I'll get it. I just need to find a way to display all of them because I am—I have a pretty cool collection because they're not just basic shapes, but it, it needs to pump the brakes. Uh, well, and here's the thing that... Um you might not take into consideration when you're buying stuff, but maybe you should, is, is this stuff actually produced in the country you're visiting? No, none of it is. Oh, unless you're in China. <laughs> exactly. Like Starbucks mugs, you're not supporting the local business. Shot glasses, you're supporting China. Like, just keep that in mind. It's not, don't rule something out just because it wasn't made there. If it's special to you, go for it. But it, it's nice to help the local economy. So, Besides that one shop that you just gave your money to. Yeah. Well, that one shop is just making the difference between manufacturing prices in China. But anyway, so it's not the end of the world if you don't, but it's a nice thing to consider. But again, if you have these things that you're collecting and you found an awesome way to display them, don't let us sway us. Sway you. Hello. You do you and send us pictures of your collections because now I want to see what a nice collection looks like because I know you're out there. (laughs) Uh, And we briefly touched on this a little bit earlier, but there's plenty of things you can do at home to commemorate your trips so there's things like scratch maps or pin maps or like those new wooden maps which are kind of cool or like I said the adventure book is really fun you don't have to bring it with you as long as you're like collecting stuff to put in it for later um, when you get home sit back and kind of take time to meditate on what you've done and fill it out and make it nice and pretty um, but there's also things that you should not under any circumstances do um, the things that some people kind of consider souvenirs or I don't know but just don't do these things do not steal sand from the beaches in a lot of places it's illegal and if every single person at the beach took home a bottle of the sand to put on their wall because they think it's a cute decoration there won't be a beach there so kind of like the whole like Dead sea salt. Yeah, exactly. It just... Well, you you think it's small and harmless for you if everybody starts to do it. You're making an environmental impact, and that's something we want to avoid doing. Yeah, and not only just sand, but also seashells. Like, seashells grind down and become the sand so like eh. it's the circle of life simba and there are crabs that need the shells to move into like there's all sorts of reasons why you should not take stuff from beaches and whether it's illegal or not we should probably just not do it (laughs) don't don't poke the bear um another one is please make sure that you're not taking photos in inappropriate locations yeah, there's sort of a scale to this. Like, there are places where they flat out tell you, do not take pictures here. There are places where they say, please be respectful. And there are places where they don't say anything, but you should probably just use your head and not do it. For instance, uh, the new thing is taking super sultry pictures at Chernobyl. Seriously? Uh-huh. Oh my. There is a photo. I mean, it's been in the news because the either the director or the producer of the HBO miniseries about Chernobyl has- Put out an open message saying, look, we know we kicked off like a huge onslaught of tourists, tourism to this location. We get that we are partially responsible, but be good people and stop taking pictures in your underwear at Chernobyl. I just can't wrap my brain around why that's even a thing but okay yeah there is a photo of a woman in her like hazmat suit but she unzipped it down so you could see her underwear Ugh, like, oh, you're so tacky like besides the fact that it's inappropriate and awful and disrespectful that is tacky as hell Not everything has to be a sexy photo. No. And I've seen people doing photo shoots at like Ground Zero at the new World Trade Center Memorial. And I've seen it happen at concentration camps. Mm -mm. Don't. Do that. My god, use your head. If you're at a site that is known for being a location where people died, don't do it. Yeah, not a good choice for a sexy photo shoot or sultry photo shoot too, I guess. Just use your brain. Yeah. The next on our list is, uh, don't not leave graffiti behind. Everybody doesn't need to know that you've been there. No, and especially when it's, I mean, Similar to the last point where it's a super emotionally charged place. But also, like, rock formations that are thousands and thousands of years old. Don't, nobody needs your name. don't carve your name in it. Yeah, your name doesn't need to be carved into the side of a, like, an arch in the desert. It doesn't need to happen. Nobody cares that you were there. Just... Show them your slides when you get home and then they'll know. Post your fully clothed photos to Facebook. That is your evidence. And then also, I mean, I think we cover this bringing back generic mass produced stuff. And I think this is mostly a point for people who are bringing back souvenirs for other people. <laughs> uh- Though cheap as it could be, not everybody needs a drawstring backpack. And not everybody needs a bag that has a city's name written in like a funky font over and over and over again. or a shirt that says my parents went to the grand canyon and all i got was this stupid t-shirt that joke hasn't been that's funny. your favorite example that shirt hasn't been funny in 30 plus years they're not wearing it because it's funny they're wearing it because it's ironic now yeah i don't like ironic <laughs> <for> stuff either <laughs> yeah you either like stuff or you don't like stuff don't be ironically liking stuff get off my lawn <laughs> really (laughs) shake fist at sky curse you but yeah i mean if you're gonna buy a souvenir try and try and have a practical use or make sure that you actually have a display going just Think it out a little bit. Yeah. Pump the brakes on that mass collection of keychains that is sitting in a box. And if you have someone in your family who has a thing, you think they're the squish penny person, maybe check in with them before you go to make sure that's still a thing they're interested in. Yes, I so agree. Otherwise, they might end up with 400 Harley Davidson t-shirts. Which is kind of cool, but it's also one of those, like, what else were we going to do with them? Thank God t-shirt blankets are a thing. (laughs) But yeah, I think that kind of wraps up uh, our souvenir topic. Yep, I think that pretty much covers it. So that brings us to the tip of the week. Uh, Tip of the week is when you're booking stuff. Just make sure a thousand percent you're looking at the right dates for things. Save yourself the sorrow and the heartache and frustration. Double check your dates. Mistakes do happen. You just gotta go with it and try and fix it. It'll be okay. It's an adventure. Yay! The internet is a fickle place and sometimes things change... Or it's set to not what you're wanting. So just double check a thousand times. And then a thousand and one. Yes, just to be sure. So remember to maybe double check about what you're buying as souvenirs for yourself or that family member that you think is a keychain person. Just double check. Save yourself a few extra bucks that you might be adding to a pile of things that they don't really want. Maybe instead of the keychain, you just get seasonings. Everybody's getting salt. You're getting salt. You're getting salt. You're all getting too much sodium. Everybody gets sodium. <laughs> don't forget, it's an adventure. So uh, look at the souvenirs, but maybe don't buy all of them. Exactly. Um, Make sure you tune in next week because we should have our very first guest on this podcast. Yeah, it'll be super exciting. It will be my uh, chiropractor who will be talking about his travel adventures. He's already given me a little taste of a good travel story he has and it's pretty good but he's also going to give us advice for how to bear super long flights without killing your back or like destroying your spine i don't know but yeah so i say should because again this is new to us so this might be delayed but we're definitely gonna try and get that up as soon as we can yep so come back later and it's a venture yay okay bye bye everybody thank you for listening to another episode of seattle to unknown if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on if you're interested in following us look us up on twitter instagram and pinterest we're on all three platforms as at c2unknown that's s-e-a-t-o unknown or you can jump right onto our website www.c2unknown.com I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at sar underscore s, and Melinda is on both as at hooliganmonster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!